الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاه والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وذكر فان الذكرى تنفع المؤمنين صدق الله العظيم respected students of deen mothers and sisters last week we discussed some lessons from the ibadat of qurbani and in passing we discussed something about dressing and being muslim from within and without having the desire of being totally in conformance with the way of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam outwardly and inwardly indoors and outdoors outwardly on the way that we appear inside our hearts as well now this is something that is comprehensive it refers and applies to every aspect of our life that from outside we also conduct ourselves in the way that nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam has taught and our heart desires to be doing that which nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam has taught and adopting that in our lives teaching it to others in every aspect we have to be in conformance to what nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam has given us one of these aspects is that outwardly we respect everybody we humble ourselves in front of others outwardly we do not do anything that humiliates somebody or shows some kind of despising of any person so outwardly also we have to conduct ourselves in that manner with respect with honor for others etc but this is not something that should be restricted to the outside it should also be that from within our hearts we respect every muslim from the depth of our heart and we don't write off anybody pass judgment on anyone we don't regard ourselves as superior to anyone so outwardly also we have to respect each person honor each person every muslim regard the person as respectable whatever the person's condition may be whether the person is in poverty or whether he is wealthy whether the person is a prominent person in society has some very big position or the person is outwardly a nobody who is who only allah taala knows what is somebody's position and status in reality only allah taala knows and then sometimes it might be that the person's outward condition is not very good in terms of deen then obviously we will totally dislike the action the person is doing we will not condone 
or regard as good the action the person is doing for even one second. But the person still has iman and the person deserves the respect as a believer, as a Muslim. One person, one buzrug, there was one thief, a person who was a highway robber who had come and made toba at the hand of this buzrug. And he gave up his thieving, his highway robbery, looting people, killing people and all these kind of things that he was doing. So he came and made toba, And he came and joined the company of the sheikh. Now, he was well known for his wrong deeds. People had known him. He was famous for, or rather infamous, for all those things that he used to do previously. Now when he came, he made toba, But this was still in the minds of people. So others also in the khanqa all kept on looking down on him. If not all, many kept on regarding him as still a person who doesn't deserve much respect. They felt that this person had such a past, so how can we treat him with honor and respect? any case, this person had humbled himself, he had made sincere toba, he had humbled himself, so he was doing what is necessary now, trying to reform himself, he had given up all his sins, trying to progress in deen. And time passed, one day this Buzruk, the sheikh, was invited to somebody's place and he was asked to bring along all his associates, those who were with him in the khanqa, who were there, he should bring them along as well. So in any case, he told all of them that tomorrow we are going for this invitation, for this dawat. So at the time that they had to leave, all walked out. Now they had to go walking, it was a distance away, but there was no transport, and it was a hot day. So in any case, as they are walking now, there is this cloud that they suddenly realize that is actually shading them. In other words, there is sun all around, but this particular spot that they are walking in, as they are walking, this, this spot, the space that they are occupying is in shade due to this cloud. So it became obvious that this cloud is actually shading them. It's moving with them. So this was a karamat. Allah Ta'ala provides some special assistance for His special servants. So this is a karamat. Now, this whole group was going together. Some thought, well, this is the Sheikh's karamat. There were other many very senior people among them. Some felt maybe it's their karamat. Maybe some person thought in his own heart is my karamat. Any case, they went, they reached the destination, the venue. They had the meal. Now it was time to return. So now they are returning. So it was probably in the middle of the day. Now they are returning. It's still hot. Sun is out. Again, this cloud is now moving with them. So it was now very obvious that this is a karamat. As they were coming en route, this person who was the previous thief and highway robber, he had to take another direction for some reason and leave the group and take a turn and go somewhere else first. He had taken the permission of the sheikh. So he had to go off in another direction. So And the rest of the group is coming towards, going straight ahead and he, for example, is going to turn right. He's going somewhere else. So as he turned right to leave and he went on his direction and the rest of the group is going forward straight, 
suddenly they realize they are all left in the sun. There is no more shade with them. And they look on this side, this person now has moved off, he is gone and he is moving away in the right direction, this cloud is shading him. Now everybody realized that we all were in the shade because of his karamat. And now he's moved off in another direction. This cloud has moved off with him. We are all in the sun. And each one of us thought that we were better off. We were the ones who were superior. We were the ones, perhaps one of us, it was due to whom this karamat was now being endowed upon us. We were being blessed with this karamat. But now the reality became known. It was none of us. It is this person. So what we learn from this is, we are not in any position to judge anybody else or to regard ourselves as better. Now sometimes, outwardly we might show respect to somebody, outwardly we might honor the person, but in our heart, we are despising the person, looking down upon him, regarding him to be inferior, regarding ourselves to be better, but this is a very dangerous thing. This is pride. This is takabur. And sometimes this takabur, this pride, it grows to a point where then it even expresses itself. One is that it is hidden inside. And the person is from within the heart only despising others. This is terrible. Looking down upon others, regarding oneself as superior. We are not distinguishing ourselves in the sense that despise the sin, not the sinner. We are despising the sinner, we are despising the person, sometimes that person not even a sinner, meaning outwardly. We don't know about the sins of the person, but still on some trivial issue, we are despising the person. So that is a terrible thing. But then this pride grows sometimes, to the point where we even express this inner pride outwardly then we will start treating people wrongly. Now this is now pride to a very high level. That now we start treating people with disdain, with disgust, in a despicable manner, in a way that shows that I think nothing of you, I think you are a terrible person, or I think that you are lowly, I am better. We will start making such remarks against a person that will humiliate the person, make the person feel low. Why? Because we feel we are better. So when we feel you are better, then we'll start passing sarcastic comments, passing remarks, all with this intention that how I can make this person feel low or show this person I am better. Now this is pride to a very high degree now, that it's even exposing itself, it's even uh, bubbling out. It's like that, it's a bad example it's a bit of a bad example, but the, the bad example is for us to understand something bad. Allah Ta'ala also gives the example of a fly in the Quran Sharif, because it's meant to show something that is totally insignificant, trivial. So these kind of examples are used in the Quran Sharif. Allah Ta'ala gives an example of ghibat. What is the example of ghibat given in the Quran Sharif? Can, can a person imagine the scene that somebody is lying he has passed away he is lying there dead 
and somebody else comes and starts biting and consuming like a cannibal, he's eating this person's flesh. Picture that scene. Somebody is lying, he has passed away, he's dead. Now the dead person, and now some time has passed also, maybe that body has started decaying. So now there's this body that's lying there, it's decaying. Because that what happens after death, slowly the body starts decomposing. Decaying, decomposing. So now the body is decomposing, it's blown up, there's this terrible stench. And now somebody comes in that situation and he starts biting on this body. What a terrible feeling, just to think about it, what a terrible feeling it is. And he's biting onto this body, he's beginning to consume the flesh. Can, can anybody imagine this? Let alone bring it, if it happens in our presence. Now if you happen to just pass by and we see this, it will make us feel so sick. That astaghfirullah, what is this person doing? It will make us want to throw up. That one is the body in that state, decomposing. And here this person is coming and he's actually biting onto that body, flesh. He's biting into it, he's eating. La hawla wa la quwata illa billah. This is that example that the Quran Sharif gives of ghibat. That ayuhibbu ahadukum ayyakula lahma akhihi maytan. Fakarihitumuhu. That do you ever wish and do you love that you eat the, bo- the flesh of your dead brother? Fakarihitumuhu. You totally dislike such a thing. You totally hate it. You cannot even imagine it. If somebody else does it, you will feel sick to the stomach. You want to bring up. You might faint. So, when this is the case in terms of eating the flesh of your dead brother, then fattakullah, fi Allah ta'ala in terms of ghibat, because ghibat is like that also. This is the example that is being given of ghibat, because ghibat is such a terrible thing. And this has become the pastime of the day. That we have nothing to do, we sit around and just start making ghibat of somebody. Just start talking ill of anyone and everyone. Besides us, there is nobody good in the world. And besides us, everybody else has the worst problems in the world. We are the only ones that are good. So, what else can we do but talk about the ills of others? So, this is how severe ghibat is. That this example the Quran Sharif is giving. So, in order to inculcate this hatred of the sin in our hearts, that don't come close to it. And just as we said, that let alone doing it ourselves, if somebody else is doing it in our presence, we can't tolerate it. We'll run away from there. It might... You don't know what it might do to that person. How can you do such a thing? So likewise, if somebody else is making ghibat in our presence, we are not able to tolerate it. If we can tell the person in a nice way, stop it, we will stop it. Or if the person, we have authority over the person, then we will stop it. If we don't have authority, we will explain in a nice way. If we are not in a position to explain, we will wake up from there and move it up. We won't remain sitting in a place where somebody is dead, Somebody is doing something which is equal to eating the flesh of a dead person. A decomposing body. Somebody is eating into that. We can't be part of that gathering, that sitting. Not possible. It will make us feel sick. It will make us feel nauseous. It will make us want to bring up. So, just as this example the Quran Sharif gives, to bring that picture to mind. So, we were talking about pride. And one we said is that the pride is inside. Outwardly the person is respecting somebody, honoring him, talking to him nicely, whatever. But inside this pride, looking down on the person. What is this person? I'm better. 
So that is still terrible. But then sometimes it gets worse. Then it is, then it is the example that we are going to take, that is like that sewer that is overflowing. That sewer that is overflowing. So one is that it is inside, unfortunately it's filthy, it's dirty, but now it's overflowing, so it's coming out onto the yard, and it's coming, running onto the road, and what a terrible thing it is. Person, people hold their nose and walk past. Terrible, disgusting feeling. So when a person now starts, that pride starts overflowing, now we start treating others also in a terrible way. Or now, sometimes some person is passing, so you'll find maybe sometimes one person nudging the other, uh, there this person goes. In other words, there's this lowly person, this person who we are better than, this person is going now. And in a mocking way, in a deriding way, we will pass comments on that person. Now, this is a very terrible thing. This is something which smacks of this pride. Where sometimes people will get together and they will ridicule one person, single out one person, two people. So the whole group now will get together and make a mockery of that one person, those two people, small number of people. All this smacks out of pride. All this is as a result of pride. Now many a times these things we just uh, sort of appease ourselves that we don't have these illnesses. But these are the telltale signs. These are the signs that indicate what is it, the problem inside. As we explained last week, that why would a person wish to be New York inside and Medina Sharif only on the top, outside, cover up? Because that is coming from deeper down. That is a desire of the heart. It's not just something that... No, it is by the way. It's just... I just... Sometimes I just feel like... You know what I mean? Just sometimes just trying it out. No, no, no. It is coming from deep down inside the heart. That I want to be New York. But now... I got to now put a cover up for the public. So when I come out in the public... I'll put Madina Sharif on top. In other words... I'll dress in the jeans and tops and that... Western gear inside, I'll put the abaya outside, just to give it some kind of cover up. But actually, where does this emanate from? It emanates not just from the surface, it emanates deep down from the heart. That the heart has been affected more by New York than by Medina Sharif. New York has become dominant inside the heart. And London and Paris have become dominant in the heart. So therefore, that is the desire. But then, the, what is dominated, that is the cover-up. So likewise, the conduct, what we say, what we do, how we say it, how we do it, how we treat the next person, what, is our, what kind of comments we are making about somebody, are we humiliating the next person, are we running down somebody, are we making signs against people just to mock them and ridicule them, are we forming some groups to ostracize somebody just because that person is doing the right thing. So all this conduct, all this kind of behavior, unfortunately these are the things that are common issues. It's not something specific to a person. These are things which come up everywhere, here and there. Parents complain about it. Relatives complain about it. Sometimes it will be perhaps in wherever we are learning. Sometimes in madrasas, 
boys, girls, madrasas, whatever, schools. So, these things unfortunately happen. It might not be everywhere, but from many quarters these kind of complaints come. Now, when these complaints come, the thing for us to do is analyze that what is the thing that is the root, what is the root issue. So it is not something that is on the surface, it emanates, it comes from inside. It's what is in the heart. Now in the heart, there is this pride, this arrogance. Now that expresses itself. It shows itself out on the surface. Now if there is pride in there, and somebody corrects us, we can't take it. Who are you to tell me? Why must you tell me? Or if we don't even say that, we are not prepared to accept it, though we know what is being said is right. The person is correcting me. Oh, we will not even care to listen. We won't even bother to reflect upon it. Let me think about it first. Let me be cool and calm. The person has said something. There's one of two possibilities. Either what the person has said is wrong or right. That too is a possibility. Meaning at the first step, first level of thought, is that there's two options, two possibilities here. What the person has told me, has advised me, is either right or wrong. Fine. Both the possibilities are there. But there's a possibility they could be right. Now, should I not first just calmly reflect upon it, think about it, and think that is this person saying something that is correct or not? If it is correct, then what is the correct thing to do? The correct thing to do is to accept what is right. And if I'm not prepared to accept what is right, then this is a sign of pride. And pride is such a terrible disease. This is an atom bomb within a person. It destroys a person's deen. It brought shaitan out of acceptance into total rejection. Pride. It made him get rejected forever. And pride is a thing that brings destruction. It is that atom bomb that will prevent a person entering into Jannat, even if it is to the extent of a mustard seed. So now somebody has said something that is correct. We have understood that this is correct. We are not prepared to accept it. What is the reason for this? Nabi Islam says, Batarul Haq wa Ghamtun Nas. These are the two elements of pride. Rejecting the truth and looking down upon people. So, if we are not prepared to even reflect upon what is being said, in other words, we don't even want to know whether it is the truth. We don't even want to know whether it is correct. I will reject it offhand. So that too is pride. I should be first at least reflecting, thinking about it. If I don't know for sure myself, I am not learned enough, then I shouldn't be making my own call on that. That is this correct or not correct. Or don't just say, I don't think it's right. I don't feel, who am I? Do I have that qualifications? Do I have that knowledge? Am I well versed in the Quran and Sunnah? Am I a mufti of the time? Do I have that expertise in fiqh? That I'm saying, I don't think it's right. Or I think this is right. Or I don't feel that is correct. My feelings, are they a criterion? Have I made my feelings the yardstick because my feelings are so refined, so correct? Now, if I am beginning to make my feelings, my thoughts, what I think, then this too stems from that pride. No, I am nobody. I will refer to those who have the true knowledge. 
I will ask them, is it correct to think like this? Is it correct to conduct myself like this? Is it correct to uh, listen to this? Is it correct to look at that? Whatever the issues may be, what is correct, what is not correct, what is right, what is wrong, I will refer to those who have the correct knowledge. And in terms of what somebody else is advising me, I will calmly listen to it. If I don't know for myself, then I will ask, I will find out from somebody, if what the person told me was right, then I'll accept it. And if it was not right, then it doesn't harm me in any way, I will just leave it where it is. If I can advise the person later on that look what you told me, I found out and what I was told was that this is the correct thing. And in a nice way out of the, not just to now run the person down, but in an advising manner as a well-wishing for the person. So that is in its place. But if without even any thought, I just run into defense mode and I reject whatever is being told to me. Or even having understood that is right, I just reject it. That is even worse now. That is all stemming from pride. So the correct conduct we need, one is from our hearts. We need to respect every person. Every Muslim is worthy of respect. And this is a very dangerous thing where a person starts mocking somebody, looking down upon somebody, hurting somebody's feelings. We don't know when somebody might be hurt and that person's hurt might be something that might draw down the wrath of Allah Ta'ala upon us. We don't know what is somebody's capacity, what is somebody's position and status in the sight of Allah Ta'ala. And that person might be an accepted servant of Allah Ta'ala and somebody who troubles an accepted servant, accepted servant of Allah Ta'ala, that person invites the wrath of Allah Ta'ala. So we got to be very careful in our conduct, in our speech, in our manner, at home, with our parents, with our extended family, with our immediate family, extended family, with our neighbors. We might be at some uh, occasion, family occasion. So we never ever adopt a holier-than-thou attitude. I am somebody. You are a nobody. See, I have learned something. I am in madrasa. Where are you? Never ever adopt a holier-than-thou attitude. Never look down upon anybody. What is wrong is wrong. What is a sin is a sin. We can never ever compromise on a sin. But we will not look down on any sinner. And if somebody is trying to be progressing in deen, then we can't even think of that. Then we have to be established. Then we have to be conducting ourselves in a very courteous manner. We have to be helping one another towards righteousness. We don't become those kind of people that run down others, that become an obstacle towards others' progress in deen, or become the means and the source of hurt to others. No, we have to always adopt the akhlaq of Rasulullah This is the most difficult, the most difficult, if you call it now, it's close to exam time, the most difficult paper. Akhlaq. One is now we go and swap the facts and figures of akhlaq. What is good akhlaq? We can write a whole essay on it. We can answer all the questions. What is the mark? 100 out of 100 for that akhlaq paper. Maybe somebody writes it in such an eloquent manner. Somebody writes so much there, they even wrote some commentaries that the teacher, the examiner was feeling so uh, overwhelmed with the answers. The person actually gave more marks than the total. 105 out of 100. Five bonus points. 105 out of 100 for akhlaq.
But if in the person's life that akhlaq is not present practically, the theory was there, but if that person does not have that akhlaq in one's life practically, then that is zero. That 105 means nothing. Then the real test is zero. And the real test, in the real test, akhlaq is the most difficult test. And because this is the most difficult test, therefore on the day of Qiyamah, this is the heaviest on a person's scale of good deeds. مَا مِنْ شَيْءٍ أَثْقَلُ فِي مِزَانِ الْعَبْدِ الْمُؤْمِنِ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ مِنْ خُلُقٍ حَسَنٍ This is the heaviest on the scales of good deeds, from all the a'mal. Obviously the faraiz and so on, there's nothing can compare with that. But thereafter this is the heaviest thing. Why? Because it's the most difficult thing. It's very easy to mock somebody. But, it's very difficult to smile at the one that mocks us. It's very difficult to avoid getting caught up in a whole group when everybody is doing something and it's wrong. It's against akhlaq. They are all targeting one person and mocking the person, humiliating him. It sounds a lot of fun. At that time, to stay away from that, and to actually side with the person that is being now targeted and stop others and say, no, this is not the right thing to do. To conduct ourselves the correct akhlaq at that time. That is a difficult thing. Not to do something that will hurt the next person's feelings. It's very easy to just blurt out anything, say anything, make any kind of expressions to somebody, pull a face at somebody, do all kinds of things of this nature roll one's eyes and make some kind of indication that look look at how this person is walking past now. Look at what this person did. All that is very easy. But somebody made a mistake to console the person, encourage the person, to show good akhlaq. Don't worry. Anybody can make a mistake. Next time, you'll get it right. To encourage that person. To laugh at that person is very easy. But to pluck the courage, it might be somebody we don't have that kind of maybe open uh, feelings with, but now to still encourage the person, that's a difficult thing. Somebody has been treating us in a wrong way, to go ahead and still treat the person in a good way, that's a difficult one. To suppress anger, that's a difficult thing. To be tolerant, that takes a lot of courage. Inna dhalika lamin azmil umur. Allah Ta'ala speaks about aspects of akhlaq and says, this requires real courage. But now, where are the courageous people? We are the people who will say, I will take the courage. And I will remain a person of good akhlaq at all times. I will suppress all these base desires. I will make an effort to rid myself of this pride. I will respect every person from the depth of my heart. And if a person truly respects people, everybody, from the depth of one's heart, then automatically the person will conduct himself correctly. If it's in the depth of the heart, respect is in the depth of the heart, then only respect can come out. Because the heart is the pot. And our limbs, these are the spoons that dish out what is in the pot. The tongue dishes out what is in the pot. If there's vulgarity, there's evil, there's ill feeling, there's malice, there's hatred, there's jealousy in the heart, then that's, kind, that's a kind of thing that will be dished out. If there's 
very good food in the pot. There's a beautiful smelling, the aroma and fragrance of it is really uh, tantalizing. That biryani is there or whatever other meal is there. Now the person dishes out something from that pot, then that same beautiful aroma and that delicious food, that is what is going to come. That sweet and delicious things will come out. So when a person has the sweetness in the heart, this good akhlaq, this beautiful and noble qualities, then the person will dish out this. Then everybody will taste the sweetness, that sweet words, that encouragement, that help, that assistance, the sweetness is what will be dished out. But when there's filth in the heart, there's dirt, there's pride, there's malice, there's jealousy, there's hatred. Now this is like that pot which has that decaying food. It was left two, three days and now it started rotting. So now a person puts the golden spoon into that pot also. Now that hand that is bedecked with all that gold, but that won't, that what you call face is plastered with all that makeup. But from inside that same filth will come out. Outwardly the person is looking like fell from the sky or something and bedecked in all the kinds of jewelry and all the kind of makeup and all the kind of everything that's artificial outside. But the inside dirt can't hide itself forever. When a person will conduct himself or herself, then that conduct will dish out that same filth from inside. That conduct will dish out pride. That conduct will dish out malice. That conduct will dis- dish out bitterness. Because that filth is bitter. It cannot dish out sweet things. So, from the tongue, from the eyes, from the hands, from, a- from the conduct, from the everything, will be this evil, this bitterness. So this is the thing that we have to recognize. That we have to develop the sweetness in the heart. We have to develop this akhlaq from within. We have to develop this good feeling and this well-wishing for every Muslim, deep down in our hearts. Every Muslim, we must be a well-wisher. لَا يُؤْمِنُ أَحَدُكُمْ حَتَّى يُحِبَّ لِأَخِيهِ مَا يُحِبُّ لِنَفْسِ person not a mu'min, not a believer, until he's a well-wisher for his fellow Muslim. So to become the true well-wishers from the depth of our heart, how we would like to be treated we will treat others better than that. So, this is the lessons that we have to inculcate within ourselves. This is what we have come to Madrasa for. We haven't come here just to learn some theory, score 105 out of 100 on paper, and be zero in life. No, then we have defeated the whole object of coming to Madrasa. We have come that somebody will get 105, somebody will get 100, somebody will get 80, somebody will get 50, and somebody will get even maybe 20 also. In theory, but there will be many a person with 20 in theory, but the person is living that akhlaq. That person has got 105 or 100 in reality. Now somebody just didn't manage to answer the paper, sometimes it happens. person blanked out in the paper, or sometimes the paper was very difficult, or sometimes somebody uh, just didn't manage to by heart and memorize certain things. So the theory is something that people will defer in the marks they get. But there will be many a person who got 20 and 30 in the theory, but that person is 105 in reality. Those are the people who have really passed. This doesn't mean that we don't work hard to achieve the best in our examinations, but the real examination is that person who has lived that knowledge of deen. That person who has lived according to the teachings of the Quran and Sunnah. 
what we are being taught in Madrasa is the teachings of the Quran and Sunnah. In terms of the, the lessons from the Quran Sharif, the lessons of the Ahadith. So this is what we have to implement in our lives and we have to live it at home with our family, with our brothers and sisters, with our extended family, with our neighbors, with anyone we come into contact with, in madrasa, with our colleagues, with our teachers, whoever, we have to love these lessons of akhlaq, otherwise we are defeating the purpose for which we have come. May Allah tabarak wa ta'ala grant me and grant all of us the tawfiq of inculcating the correct akhlaq. May Allah ta'ala clean us out of all these evil qualities from the pride, from the arrogance, the malice, the hatred, the jealousy, and looking down upon others and every other evil. May Allah tabarak wa ta'ala fill our hearts with His love, with the love of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa with the love of the sunnah of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, with the love of the way of life of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and with the love of everything related to deen, and may our hearts and lives be filled with this good akhlaq. Wa akhiru da'wana anilhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. اللهم لك الحمد كله ولك الشكر كله اللهم لا نحصي ثناء عليك أنت كما أثنيت على نفسك جزا الله عنا نبينا محمدا صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهل ربنا ظلمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين رب اغفر وارحم واعف وتكرم وتجاوز عما تعلم إنك أنت الأعز الأكرم ربنا توفنا مسلمين وألحقنا بالشهداء والصالحين غير خزايا ولا نداما ولا مفتونين اللهم إنا نسألك من خير ما سألك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحبه أجمعين والحمد لله رب العالمين